Amen. Go ahead, stand to your feet, if you will, and turn to Luke's gospel, chapter number 10. The gospel of Luke, chapter number 10. When you get there, you can say amen. Amen. We're going to start reading in verse number 38. A very familiar passage of scripture, but I want you to kind of lay eyes on it as if it was your first time this morning. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. (laughs) But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the opportunity now, Lord, to feast around your word. Father, will you please feed us the bread of life that we might be forever transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence this morning. Last week, we kicked off our series entitled Good Times. And the whole point of this series is designed to help you to gain the maximum good experience this holiday season. And so we kicked off last week talking about a very sensitive subject, and that is the subject of forgiveness. We really highlighted the fact that this is a wonderful time of year. How many of you are ready and excited about Thanksgiving and Christmas? And does anybody else get really excited about that, you know? You know, there are great opportunities. This time is a great opportunity to really begin to build and strengthen those relationships. The reason why we say that is because this is a time when people are very, very sensitive uh, emotionally. People are really thinking about family. They're thinking about coming together. And this is, for a lot of people, this is a sad time because there are some folks who really don't have anybody for one reason or the other. So we talked last week about the fact that life is too precious to hold a grudge. And the church said amen. That we need to be people that prioritize forgiving and loving people no matter what they've done to us. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So if you did not get that message from last week, I want you to go online and download it. Because it's a very, very powerful message talking about why we should forgive. And how many know it's always a good time to forgive? This morning, I want to talk about the subject of it's a good time to rest in the Lord. Everybody say rest. rest. Now, that sounds like a contradiction of terms because, right, because you're gearing up for Thanksgiving, you're gearing up for the holidays. And normally, this really presents itself a, a, a really, really busy time. If you're anything like me, we got family coming in for, thank, for Thanksgiving. And uh, my family is kind of weird because they oftentimes, they don't wait to let me know they're coming until like the day before. Anybody else got family like that? And then when they show up, they show up in droves. 
Uh, and, so, and so we're getting prepared for that. And, and many of us, we're already thinking about Christmas and, you know, what we're going to buy. Some of us already are starting to work all this overtime and you're starting to get really, really busy and you're starting to prepare. And, and how many know that you can get so busy, you can get so busy doing stuff that a time that is meant to be stress-free can become a time where you're overloaded, where you're stressed. And how many know that you are too blessed to be stressed? This, how many know that this, is a, this presents itself, this season presents itself as an opportunity to change lives. It presents itself as an opportunity to touch other people and to align ourselves with the will of God. And so when I think about, I want you to think about this for a moment. But when you think about resting, I'm not talking about a kind of rest where you just simply do nothing, even though sometimes that is appropriate. I'm talking about a kind of rest where you are at peace down on the inside, where you're not worried, where you're not mad, where you're not frustrated. I'm talking about a kind of rest where, where you're just in a place where you're just walking with God. How many know that when you walk with God, you're at peace? And if you go back and you really look at your life, the time when you really, really get messed up in life is when you start walking outside of the will of God. How many of you have ever tried to drive a car that was out of alignment? One of the worst things that you can experience, right? I mean, you know, I, I remember one time my van was like, my, don't all laugh about my van, hallelujah, it's still kicking. But uh, there was a time when that van was like, like really, really out of, out of alignment. And so, you know, you're driving the car. And while you're driving, the thing is trying to pull to a whole other direction. And, and it was very frustrating. My wife kind of came to me out of frustration. The car's out of alignment. You need to fix it. Because what happens is when something is out of line, the experience, you know, is, is aggravating, right? How many know what I'm talking about? It's bothersome, you know, because you're being pulled. And this is supposed to be a situation where you get in the car and things are supposed to be smooth. How I many of you want things to go smooth in life? Well, here's what happens. When we get out, out of alignment with God, things that are supposed to operate in a smooth way, suddenly there, 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 there becomes this tension. There, there, you, know, you get frustrated. Every little thing, you, you, you're kind of on edge. You, you ever met anybody who's just on edge all the time? You just got to walk around like this you know, because they're on edge. How many know that God don't want your own edge? You should be at a place. You know, one of the gifts that God has given to all of us is this thing of peace and rest. So this is not a time for us to be like everybody else. You, you, you see the looks on people's face around this time of year. You ever watch this? Go shopping and take a look at people. Man, they're frustrated. You know what? Let me tell you part of the reason why they're frustrated. Because they're spending money they, can't, they don't even have. Is anybody hearing me this morning? And so what happens is when you start spending money you don't already have, you're thinking it's because you're worried. How many know when you're worried and you're not trusting, you make foolish decisions? When you're not trusting in God, when you start worrying, then you start making decisions that you know you really shouldn't be making. Now, now the enemy tells you, oh, go ahead and, and do it. It's, it's going to make you feel better. But then how many know you feel better when you first walk out the store until you get home and you start checking your mailbox and then the bill comes due? And now that, that, that stress now is compounded because now you have to try to come up with the money to take care of all that stuff. And so what happens is that, that now the problem is compounded. Because when we walk with God, how many know that when you walk with God, when we walk with God, God will speak to us. God will tell us. 
How many know that we will make decisions that are based on the will and the way of God? And so when we're talking about this morning, when we're talking about resting in God, we're really talking about being in a situation where we are, we are completely relying on him, where we are communicating with him on a regular basis. It's a time where we are trusting, we are believing, and that we are not letting the pressures of life get us to a point that we're in a rat race and we're in a situation where we're not happy, we're not joyful, and we're not spreading the good cheer that how many know every Christian ought to be spreading. And so we, how many know God wants you to be free? And so it's all about walking in sync. Everybody say in sync. In sync with God. I want to read a couple of passages this morning to kind of set this, uh, this teaching up. But in John chapter number 5, verse 19, and I want you to hear this. But this is so important. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son, of, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Now, why is that important to us today? Because how many know the most important thing that we can do is be inside of the will of God? Can, any, can I get a show of hands, right? So listen to me. So here's what needs to be happening in our life. We need to be always seeking, even in this time more so than ever, Lord, we need to be asking the question, Lord, what is your will for my life? God, what do you want me to do this holiday season? God, who do you want me to connect with? Who out there? How many know they're hurting people all around us? You, you hear what I'm saying? There are people that are bleeding all around us, and sometimes we can get so caught up in all the busyness of the season that we miss the opportunity to help somebody that needs to be helped. And so one of the ways that we capture that is that, that, that we're actually we're, we're, we're seeking the will of God. One of the things that Jesus was all about was he made sure that whatever he did, that God was with him. In fact, uh, a couple of other verses, John 6:38. It says this, for I have come down from heaven, this is Jesus talking, not to do my own will, all right, listen to that, but the will of him who sent me. Mark 1, verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary place. Listen to that, church. A solitary place, and there he prayed. Now, I want us to understand something because this is so important. Because how many know that Jesus is all-powerful? He's the son of God. And when Jesus walked the earth, was there anybody more busy than Jesus? <laughs> Every, the Bible says sometimes that Jesus was so busy that he didn't even have time to sit down and eat. I mean, could you imagine that the Son of God, he was doing all these healings and everything. When you read the Bible, you constantly see people coming at him. I mean, every time you turn around, somebody needed a healing. Somebody needed to be fed. You know, somebody was sick. There were, you know, somebody was after his life. How many know that Jesus was very, very busy? But how did Jesus offset that busyness? Hear this. Jesus, every single day, the scripture says, now in, in Mark 1.35, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. All right? Now, some of us don't like the morning. <laughs> got to see the look on your faces. Jesus got up a long, a long while before daylight. Now, why did he do that? Because Jesus knew that if he was going to be effective, everybody say effective, that he had to be in sync with God. 
Because how many know that if, if, if you're not hearing right, if you're not spending time with God, then you're just kind of all over the place. So Jesus himself, he said every day before he would go out, he would spend time, he would get up early in the morning, and he would pray. Because he knew what his day would entail. He understood that, you know what, I'm going to, there are going to be so many things that I'm going to be bombarded with, so I need to make time to pray. I want to ask you a question this morning. How's that quiet time going? How much time do you spend on a regular basis before the Lord and asking God to direct your steps for the day? Because let me tell you something. If you don't, how many of you have gone a day, you, you know, you've gone, you know, most of the day, if not all day, and then realized that you didn't even talk to God the entire day? Anybody else ever been there? Ever done that? You just kind of got up, you just kind of went off, and you started your day, and, 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 you know, your day was filled with stress. See, one of the reasons why we want to spend time with the Lord, we want to get before his presence is, he will help deliver us from that stress. We will find ourselves, how many know the more you see God, the more likely you are to fall inside of his will. And that means that sometimes God is going to speak to us. He's going to redirect us at times. But how many know that's okay too? How many know that's okay too for God to redirect your plans? He is in control. And so I want to talk this morning as we go into this. I want to talk about a couple of folks, uh, Mary and Martha. Now, (laughs) these were some very, very... Uh, uh, interesting people, and uh, we're going to look at two episodes of, of how they responded in situations, uh, you know, when Jesus came around. Now, um, so we're going to look at verse number 10, verse, uh, chapter, Luke 10, chapter, I'm sorry, Luke 10, verses 38 and 42. Uh, I'm going to read this verse again, particularly I'm going to read in verse number 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone? Therefore tell, therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part. So let's take a look at this story for a moment. Here Jesus is invited to the house, to Mary and Martha's house. And when she gets to the house, or when Jesus gets to the house, Martha, Mary, stops what she's doing right away, and she begins to sit, and she listens at Jesus' feet. But Martha, on the other hand, Martha just kept on serving. She was really, really Busy. She was distracted with, how many know that Martha was doing a good thing? How many know that if somebody's coming over your house, you know, you want to make sure the house is clean, amen? You want to do a good thing. You want to, I mean, it's a good thing to clean the house. It's a good thing to prepare for your guests. But how many know that the most important thing is the guest? So when Jesus come, Martha, she is, she's distracted. She's just so busy. She's worried about this. She's worried about that. And you know how many know that we can do the same thing? We can just get so busy this time of year, we're just worried about this, and we're worried about that, and, and we don't even realize what's in front of us. Now, you would say this, because this is what we do. Man, how many of you would say this? If Jesus showed up at my house, then I will stop whatever I'm doing, and I will just sit down and I will talk with Jesus. Who would say that? Eh? 
If Jesus showed up, right? If Jesus come to Mount, let me tell you right now, I'm going to stop everything I'm doing because Jesus is here. But, you know, in many ways, we do the exact same thing that Martha does. You said, Pastor, what do you mean? I, I just told you, Pastor, that if Jesus showed up, how do you know that Jesus is in your house? All right, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me take you a step further. How do you know the Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Are you getting it now? So how do you know that Jesus is with you all the time? Every day, how do you know that he's always with you? He is in your house. And, and there are times when we get so busy in life that, that Jesus is, is screaming to us, will you stop, sit down, and talk with me? But there, but there are some times when we're just so busy. You know, hey Lord, you know, I got, I, I, I got to shop. You know, Lord, I, I got to clean up. You know, Lord, I got to handle this problem. And all Jesus is saying, will you please just stop what you're doing for one moment, come and sit down and talk with me. How do you know that if we ignore Jesus, on a regular basis, how many know that we are just, we are another form of a Martha? Because Jesus is in your house, and how many know he wants to speak to you? He wants to talk to you. More than anything else, how many know Jesus wants relationship? And so Martha realizes, so, so Mary realizes this, this important moment. And so what does she do? She sits there, and she just says, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. And I want you to see the two pictures, to see the contrast as you read that particular verse. You see Martha, when you look at Martha, you see a person that is very busy. She's a picture of somebody that's, that can't keep still. She's a, she's a picture of somebody that is just tired and frustrated. And we know she gets frustrated. Why do we know she gets frustrated? Because how many know that sometimes when people are not at peace, they want to try to take your peace? You know what I'm saying? You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes, they, okay, if I'm not going to be feeling well, then I'm going to make sure that nobody is feeling well. And so she says to Jesus, can you tell Mary to get up and help me? Get up, Mary. You can see her now. You can see her now watching. She's sitting there cleaning. She's just cutting her eyes. And, 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 and it had to be, the fellowship had to be sweet. I believe this fellowship had to be sweet. And, 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 and Martha sees it, and she gets so angry, and she says, Jesus, could you please, could you tell her? And what did Jesus do? Did Jesus affirm that? No. He, he, he nailed it right on the hand. Watch this. Here's how he nailed it. Watch. He says, Martha, Martha. You are troubled, watch this, and worried, watch this, about a few things, many things. So did he not, Jesus, Jesus really brought it to the point of really where it is. This was a woman who was worried about everything. And how many know that when you're worried, you're not trusting God? How many know when you're worried and you're anxious and, and how many know that when you're in that place, you are not, you can say whatever you want to say. How many know you can come to church and be sitting in here and not listening? Just because you showed up, listen, just because you show up in church don't mean that you're seeking God. How many know that, 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 that Martha was in the place 
Jesus was in their place, but one was listening, one wasn't. And the one that wasn't listening, guess what was happening? She was frustrated. Don't let your situation turn out that way, that, that, that way this holiday season. Don't let your situation turn out to be that you are so busy, that you're so worried, that you don't have time. I know we don't like, I mean, you know, no, no Christian would ever say, I don't have time for the Lord. We'll never say it. We just, we just, we just demonstrate it. And nobody here would ever say, I don't have time for, I don't have time for praying. I don't have time for no church stuff. So what we do is we'll never say it, but we just demonstrate it. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. The reason why so many people are frustrated, why they're worried, why they're troubled, is because they're not in sync with God. Because it's impossible to be in sync with God and be overcome with worry. It's impossible to be in sync with God and be anxious. It's impossible. I mean, one got to chase out the other. So watch this, church. So if I am at peace, if, if, I am, if I'm walking, if I'm seeking him every day, now you may say, well, pastor, you don't, you don't understand. My, my situation is just, it's so bad. It's so terrible. It's hard for me to get into peace. Here's the thing about it. Jesus said this. My wife quoted the verse earlier. He said, the Bible said, God says this, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So watch this. So the more that I get myself into a position where I'm consciously thinking about God, I am consciously, everybody say consciously. I'm consciously seeking him. I'm consciously waiting on him. I'm consciously believing. How many know that when we get to that place, more than likely, you're going to find yourself at rest? How many know that when Jesus was walking the earth, there was trouble all around him? But how many know that Jesus never got worried? I said Jesus never worried. Jesus was never stressed. There were people trying to kill him. Can I ask you a question? Is anybody there trying to take your life tonight, today? Jesus had people trying to kill him. I mean, there were all kind of stuff coming at him. And no matter what he did, Jesus was constantly, he was constantly at peace. The question is, what do you want? Jesus says, I'll give you peace. And, and, and no one can take it away from you. You got to give it away. And we give it away. We forfeit our peace by worrying and running around and doing everything but spending time with God. Some of us, it's amazing to me, but sometimes when we tell, we mention to people about spending time with God, they, they tend to want to think that this is some kind of legalistic thing that, that you know, one of, one of the, the things I hear sometimes when people say to me is, I, I, don't, have this, I don't have to pray every day uh, to love God to go to heaven. I, I don't have to read my Bible every day, you know, to, to, to love God and you know, I, I think differently. I think in order to really experience the full benefit of what it means to be a believer in today's time, I think you ought to be in your Bible every day. That you ought to be spending time praying every single day of your life. That you spend, watch this, because let me tell you something. If you don't, the busyness of life is going to catch up with you. And before you know it, you're not thinking much about God. You will be drifting away. And before you know it, you're drifting further and further and further away. Why? Because we're not in sync with God. Let's look at another story. In uh, uh, John chapter number 11, verse number 6. Go ahead, turn there real quick this morning. 
John chapter number 11. I had a purpose not to take too long this morning because we have a long meeting today, so I'm going to try to do this in good order, good time. <laughs> Verse number one. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, watch this, church. I want you to pay close attention to this. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, listen to this verse. So he, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in that place where he was. Now that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to the natural mind, does it? So here's the sisters, they sent word to Jesus. Jesus did have a very affectionate relationship with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Lazarus. And so they send word to Jesus. Lazarus is sick unto death. And I like how they said it. They said, Lord, he whom you love is sick. They didn't just say, Lord. They, didn't just, they just, just didn't send the word saying, you know, Jesus is sick. They said, he whom you love, Jesus, is sick. In other words, here's, here's what they were saying. Jesus you need to drop everything you're doing, and you need to come, like, right now. You need to, in other words, they were at a place where they were anxious, right? They were worried. And so they said, Jesus, you need, you need to stop. He whom you love is sick. You need to stop whatever you're doing. You need to come over here right away, and you need to handle this problem. Now, now here's, here's another lesson for us as we develop this particular text that don't let other people's stress be your stress. I've learned this, I've learned this as, a, as, a, as a leader, as a pastor. You know, a lot of times people, people say things to me, it's an emergency, or they, they get stressed and they get worried. But, 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 but here, here's one of the things we got to learn. Just because you're stressed don't mean that I'm going to get stressed. You follow what I'm saying? So don't let what everybody else doing affect your spirit. Well, you know, uh, you know, they, they made me get struck. They didn't make you do anything. Nobody can make you do nothing. How many know you have control of your emotions? You have control of your spirit. And everybody else's emergency don't mean that you got to get all jacked up in your spirit. In the church said amen. Because that's your, that's your problem. Oh, it's good. I'm going to pray with it. It's all right. And sometimes people get upset when you don't get mad like them. You know, they want you to, hey, hurry up. You need to come. You need that. It's a big deal. It's a big problem. And then you, they want to get you, you know, upset. It's, it's kind of like my, it's kind of like my dogs. Uh, you know, every now and then, you know, we got this new puppy, Judah. And, and every now and then somebody here hears some loud noise and, and somebody make a loud noise in the house and Judah go, like, what, what? And he's all nice. He's sleep. He's funny. He'd be in a day of sleep. He'd wake up. He'd go, he started getting all excited because everybody else getting all excited. And before you know it, he's just running all through the house, you know. And that's how it is sometimes with us as humans sometimes. 
that we get to a point that we let the other, how many know Jesus never allowed other people's lives to dictate what he did? How many know he stayed with God? Jesus was always composed. See, th this is a good lesson for leaders. The one of the things that leaders must always do, particularly kingdom-minded leaders, is stay in a place where you're in control. Because while you're in control, what makes you in control? That no matter what's going on, how many know God's in control? Come on, church. I don't care what you got going on in your life. How many know that God is running the show? He is pulling the strings. In your mind, you're thinking, man, this thing is out of control. This thing is whack. Even if they're sick under death, how many know God still got it? Now, now, now listen, church. So the audacity of Jesus. He whom you love is sick. And most of us are like, oh, I must got to go, got to go, got to go. Jesus stays back two more days. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, don't you not understand, Lord, that this is a, a moment where you really, you need to hurry up and come. Now, understand, they're all stressed out. They're all worried. And Jesus says, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit back here for a couple of more days. Now, how many know that Jesus was in sync with God? Because Jesus knew, watch this, church, he had been spending time with God. God has been, how many know that if you spend time with God, some folks don't believe God speak today. And I say, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> because how many know that God is the God of the living and not the dead? Come on, somebody. How many know God is concerned about who you marry, where you, where you hook up with, where you live, what job? How many know God is concerned about? He will speak to you and he will tell you if you seek him with all of your heart. And so Jesus knew that he wasn't supposed to jump up and run, that he constantly stayed at, he stayed at this place where he just let the Holy Spirit guide him. He says, so whatever Jesus was doing at that moment, God was telling him, it's not time for you to leave what you're doing right now. I want you to stay, keep doing what you're doing, and you'll get to that later. How many know that every now and then we need to be that way too? Some of us get yanked and pulled in 15 different directions because we're not in sync with God. We're just letting whatever, what everybody else say drive what we do. And how many know then, then your Holy Spirit is not going to be in control. You have, you've allowed the things of your life to take control. And so now what, does, now what does that do for you? Watch this. It brings on more stress. It brings on more anxiety. And then you find yourself a little bit discouraged and you find yourself bothered. Then not before long, you become edgy. Now you're not really fun to be around. You know why? Because how many know that stress ain't never pleasant for nobody? Now we release it in different ways. But how many know God wants you to be in peace? Now watch. So when Jesus goes, he finally goes, he waits for two days. Because how many know Jesus already had a plan? I'm going to say that again. Jesus already had a plan. All right, so, so watch this. Now, I want you to imagine your situation right now. All right? I want you to imagine what you're going through. I don't know what y'all are going through in here. I don't know. But just imagine the complexity Maybe it's a, a wayward child. Maybe it's a financial problem. Maybe it's a marital problem. Maybe it's an emotional problem. Look at the situation right now. I just want you to imagine your situation, your challenge, your struggle right now. Now watch. Now, now, now get this word. God 
has a plan for that. If we stay in a place where we don't get in the way, where we get, how many know sometimes when we get worried, <laughs> when we get troubled, we get in the way of God. And sometimes, I, I, how many thank God that God kind of keeps some things from us sometimes? I think it's a good thing, good thing that God hide things from us because sometimes we'll get in God's way, man. You know, so I'm, I'm like, Lord, I just want to trust whatever God, whatever you want to do in my life, do it. And so God wants us to know this morning, how many believe that scripture verse that says all things work together for good for those who love God? Do you not believe that you, if you think for one minute, the devil would tell you, nobody hears your situation. Nobody cares about you. Hey, how many you know that's the biggest lie? Because God said he will never leave us nor forsake us. So the whole time, Jesus takes, watch, he takes the back seat. He takes his time getting there. He ain't in a rush. He gets there two days late. First thing, guess who the first person that runs up to him? Y'all know who the first person that runs up to Jesus? <laughs> watch this. Look at verse number 19 and 21 in John 11. Look at verse number 20. Now Martha, everybody say Martha. There it is. As soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and she met him. But Mary was what? Sitting in the house. And the first thing Martha said was, Lord, Lord, if you had been here. Y'all know what she's really saying, right? What took you so long? I mean, I told you this. It didn't take two days for you to, what took you so long? Did you not know that I was in a crisis? And now you're going to show, Lord, if you had been here, he'd still be living. And then she backs it up, church. And then, look, let me tell you, I'm going to show you how she's all over the place. She says that in one, in one context. And the next thing she says is, but, but I know even now, you, you can't raise it from the dead, right? I know whatever you says. In, in other words, she's a woman that's kind of conflicted. Because how many know if she was at peace and she was at rest, she would have said, Lord, I thank you that you're here. And Lord, here's what the situation is. God, what are you going to do about it? Oh, but she is at a place where she is, Lord, you're late. You know, she's, if you would have been here, this thing wouldn't have happened. Why do you take so long? Why? And Jesus don't even really entertain her. He just kind of says, well, you know, you just need to, I'm going to fast forward here in a moment for the, for the duration of the sermon. But Jesus just kind of says, Show me where he is. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Did I not tell you? Do, do, you, not, do you not understand Mary, Martha? Do y'all not understand the miracles that I've done? How many know that they'd already seen Jesus do miracles? And they're still at this point. Now, Jesus is about to do his most profound miracle. He's about to do um, the miracles of miracles. He's about to resurrect this man. So Lazarus, so watch this. Let's look at the verses uh, 40 and 44. Jesus said to her, this is in John chapter number 11. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, look at this church, if you would believe. How many know that when you believe, you're at rest? <laughs> Come on. When you believe, you're not stressed. 
When you believe, you're giving it to him. You're saying, Lord, this is a mess. Take it. <laughs> Anybody ever been that way? Lord, this whole thing just jacked up. Just take it. Just, this, is, this is a mess. I don't know. Y'all ain't know where to start. Take all of it. Do whatever you want to do. I had a lady testify one time in church. She said, Lord, I'm just a mess. Do whatever you want to do with me. I'm just a mess. She couldn't, you know, but sometimes it's like that. She said, verse 41, then they, they, they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have already heard me. Can you see, the, can you see Jesus as busy as he was? Could you still just see the peace over his life? That every step Jesus took was a step of purpose. He was right where God wanted him to be. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me, verse 42, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe, everybody say believe, that you sent me. And now when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. I said, wow, this is amazing. This is all part of God's plan. How many know that if you stay with God, that if you stay at rest, that if you don't get in the way and start making foolish decisions, if you don't get in the way and try to fix things yourself, come on, somebody. Can I ask you, how is that working for you? <laughs> Ain't working too good, is it? <laughs> if you stay out of the way and just trust God, God will resurrect some dead things in your life. Look at the neighbor and say, God will fix it. All the while, Jesus had a plan that he was going to fix it. But what they were thinking, because they were so worried, they were so troubled, they never, they, 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 they didn't see that. And all the while, Jesus was planning to raise Lazarus from the dead. I want you to think about your situation right now. I want you to understand something. That no matter what it is that you're going through, if you trust him and give it to him, I mean, when I say give it to him, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about literally. If you have to take an object and you have to set it down and use that object as, as a symbolic as your problem, lay that object down, and I want you to pray and give it to God, and I want you to see yourself walking away from it. God, I'm going to leave that to you. And while I leave that to you, God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to enjoy you. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to let this season, I'm not going to be in stress. I'm not going to get into a situation. Look, look, some of us, listen, some of us are worried about, well, I, well you know, I've got to get my kids. Your, your kids want the Xboxes. They want the phones. If you're anything like my kids, they're already trying to tell me what they want. Come on, anybody? Already. I want the iPhone 6. I want the new iPad. You need to get an iJob. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. But, but, here, but here's what happens is, 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 is that, just, that, that because we want to please them, we, we find ourselves in situations where, where, where we go after those things and then, you know, we, we spend the money and then we're not happy and then we're stressed and then because, you know, we, we just weren't trusting. So now we're in a position now where it's like, man, it's like, 
How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And all that was was a symbolic of not trusting. So watch this. If I understand that God is sovereignly in control of my life, which he is, and so if my problem is really bad, which my situation can be really challenging, but if I trust him and I believe him and I let God do it, how many know that ultimately God is going to fix whatever the problem is? How many believe that? God said, God said, and it, look, and it, it, it's, he, if he has to restore some things, and in this case, he raised Lazarus from the dead. I don't know what he might do in your situation, but how many know he is going to fix it? It may not be fixed exactly like you want it to be. But God's message to you this morning is take your hands off, just worship me, and let me fix it. You stay at peace. Don't get into the rat race. Don't let this holiday see. Listen, this is, how many know this is supposed to be a good time? Everybody say good time. Be a good time. So don't forfeit your good time by running in the rat race and just getting all stressed. And, but how many know that if we're walking with God, then we might help somebody? I was reading the other day that they say the suicide rate is way up. They have over a million suicides a year. Uh, we, we, I heard them talking about heroin addiction. How that is just, uh, it's just so prevalent and it's just killing people by the droves. You know, all these people, even some of them even in our family, you know, you know they, there are people all around us that are screaming for help. And the only way, you know, the only way you're going to be able to catch it is you got to be walking with God. Because, you know, you can be so busy, you're in that store, you're running around, and there are people right in front of you. There's a family member, there's a friend, you're thinking to yourself, I don't want you to come to my house. You might be the hope to that person. You might. I don't want to be around. I don't want you. God may be using you to bring that person into his kingdom. Lastly, Psalm 37, 7 says this. I'll leave you with these two verses. I'm done. Rest in the Lord. Everybody say rest. And wait patiently for him. Patient means that, how many know that God may not come when you want him to come, but he's always on time. That's what he used to tell me in the old folks' church. Uh, so we need to rest. How many know the rest is a choice? Choose rest. Choose to be at peace. And I like this verse in Hebrews 4, verses 9 and 10. This is a wonderful verse. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. How many know God wants you to be at rest? For, though, for, for he who has entered his rest, everybody say his rest, has himself also ceased from his work as God did from his. Here's the key. See, when we stop trying, when we stop fighting, when we stop stressing, we cease from our own works. And when I cease from my own works, then I let God do it. Here's the key. Let God guide you. Be at rest in your spirit. Every single day, spend time. Take, take me. Take my word for it. Every single day. Everybody say every day. Every day. Now, if you don't believe me, try it. Try it from now until after Christmas. Say every day. I don't want to put a time limit on it. Because then you'll start worshiping the clock. You'll start looking at the clock. 
But every day, say, you know what, I'm going to read me a few passages in the Bible every day, and I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to start my day like that every day. And I'm going to ask God, ask God to speak to you every day. Now, what is that going to do? That's going to help you get a degree of peace. Now, God may tell you to not do something that you are planning on doing. And I want to go back and read, I want to go back to that because, because last time when I said that, nobody said amen. Because, because how many know that it's not about what you want, it's about what he wants? Am I right about it? So that's when Jesus said he wanted to seek the Father's will. It's about what he wants. So here's the thing. I know I am most happy in God when I'm doing his will. You hear me? Now, the, the, the world will say, the, the circumstances will tell you something else. Well, you know what? If you do have it your way, how many, know, how many of you agree with me that you've had it your way and your way ain't all that great? I mean, I, I'm, I'll be the first one. I've, had it, I've done the Burger King thing. Had it my way, don't like it. Every time I have it my way, ultimately, it brings me joy initially, but in the end, it always disappoints me. So do the will of God. If God say don't do it, don't do it. If God say love them, love them. If he says share with them, share with them. If he say don't go, don't go. If he says wait, wait. And you'll receive the blessing. Amen? Every head.